2024, a year that looms and promises much for bookkeepers and small businesses here in Australia. A very, very big Happy New Year from all of us here at the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers and the ICB News Channel podcast. My name is Rob Marshall and welcome to our first episode of the ICB News Channel for 2024, where we will tackle head-on this year what does loom for bookkeepers and the challenges that bookkeeping will no doubt bring. Joining me today, as he often does, is the Executive Director and Vice Chair of the ICB Board, Mr Matthew Addison. Happy New Year, Matthew. Happy New Year, Rob. Happy New Year, listeners. Really pleased to be here and looking forward to a, uh, a different year for 2024. I don't think many of us in uh, really got too enthused or excited or enjoyed 2023. I think we're pretty pleased to see 2023 pass by, but uh, I'm looking for us to approach 2024 a little bit differently. Um, up to us about the way we take it on, what we get worried about, what we get stressed about. And uh, let's talk a bit, little bit about that maybe as we go through the newsletter. We certainly will be. Uh, big focus on our newsletter for December for those who may have received it um, by now. We're going to talk a little bit about some uh, challenges with that in a moment. But the first thing, just segueing into what you just said, um, it's our first episode for 2024. So just uh, I just want to start off with a little reminder, a call out that we do have three iterations of our newsletter for uh, different people to be able to access. Obviously, our members who are... Uh, uh, well in tune usually with our uh, newsletter and have been hanging on that in some cases for the best part of, ooh, I think we're coming up towards 20 years, 18 years, somewhere around about that, but I'll get corrected on that one by the executive director in a moment. Um, but I want to also call out, we have a lot of people tuning into our uh, podcast and we're very thankful for our what we refer to as our non-members. You may be a business owner who likes to just tune in because we're explaining concepts that make sense to you or we try and make sense for you. Uh, perhaps you're a bookkeeper who's working for an employer, but you're not a member. So we have a non-member newsletter, which you can access for free. You don't have to pay a cent for it. Go to icb.org.au, www.icb.org.au, and you can access that a newsletter, which has a lot of the articles that uh, we will be speaking about today and every month. And we also have a student newsletter for our student members. Um, and along the way, while you're there, especially if you're a non-member at the moment, check out the benefits of becoming a member. They're huge um, and you won't regret it. We're pretty certain of that. So icb.org.au. With our December newsletter, however, we do have a little bit of a technical issue. I'm going to hand back to uh, Mr Happy New Year, Matthew, and uh, let him explain some of the technical issues we've had with the December newsletter. Yeah, Rob, it's just a, a quick issue. Uh, late December, an upgrade was done behind the scenes in the platforms we used called Flipstack to, to deliver the newsletter and it hasn't quite delivered the December one properly. So for members, when you've got your email or non-members, you've got your email, you hit the click, you'll still go to the right page, but Flipstack will show you blank pages. Up the top, it says, download the PDF hit the download button, you can get the copy as a PDF straight onto your computer and read it from there. 
Word for word correct. It happened to me last night. I was sat there for a few minutes going, why is this all blank? And then I hit the download button that was very clear and there it was and there it is. And now we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of the articles that uh, featured in the December newsletter as a lead-in into 2024 and probably one that sets the scene, the one that uh, we most need to probably focus in on right now as we we uh, start to enter the new year and uh, we're well into January already, setting goals for the new year. We all do that. We tend to sit around on New Year's Eve and, you know, talk about how much less food we're going to eat and how much drink we're not going to drink and all those sort of stuff. But uh, from a bookkeeping perspective, what we've really called out in this episode, and I'm going to get Matthew to sort of flesh it out a lot more, but the importance Matthew referenced of uh, a really quite at times stressful 2023, we're recommending a logical approach to a stress-free 2024 where possible. Now, we understand there's plenty of challenges ahead. Matthew, do you want to sort of flesh that out a little bit better perhaps than I just have? <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Yeah, the article is uh, in the lower parts of the newsletter. It's called Setting Goals for the New Year, Some Thoughts for Bookkeepers. And it goes into a couple of things to think about. I want to come back to that concept that uh, ICB used a lot during the uh, past years of being rational, being reasonable, being realistic and being professional in your approach. So as we approach 2024, don't know whether you've done it, Rob, but as I started winding out of the new year and looking at this week and coming back to the office, I've gone, you know what, there's some things I do want to do, but there's some things I'm really going to have to mentally overcome some hurdles. I'm wondering in the bookkeeping space whether one of those hurdles is that client you just don't want to work with, that business that you go, you know what, my life would be so much more enjoyable if I didn't have to deal with the stress or the lack of cooperation, the lack of interoperation with them. So as you set some goals for your new year, maybe you think about that client that detracts from you, that decreases your motivation. So in terms of setting some goals for the new year, let's think about how do I enjoy doing what I'm doing? And some of the ones that are around that that newsletter article is that client selection process. Who don't I want to work with? Maybe it's time to move on. What sort of client do I want to work with and how am I going to find them? Then I get into, Rob, thinking about you know what, there is some tasks we do that we enjoy doing. We enjoy being a bit adventurous with. We're using state-of-the-art modern technology, dare I call it AI-driven technology, smarter tech, or we can do it the 1990s way, which is a bit more manual, a bit more hard, uh, repetitive manual process, or we can use tech. So again, in setting goals for 2024, I'm going, let's work with the right clients, but let's work with the better tech and aim to take on that better tech. I really like the article's call out about strengthening um, client relationships or for the employees, strengthening the relationship within your business. And that takes time. 
we can't do that thing of the accountants of old where you just crunched the numbers, you tabled some reports and you ran for the door quickly to move on to the next one. <laughs> You've actually got to work that relationship a little bit. So, Rob, I think the article raises a few good things there. Um, I think for 2024, if we take it on saying, what am I going to enjoy? How am I going to enjoy it? And the last one I want to tap in, how do I be informed? Uh, we need to plan our CPE. We need to plan our continuing education for 2024. The latest survey results we've got in at ICB indicates that a lot of bookkeepers are struggling to even meet that 20 hours a year of CPE. Now, from an ICB point of view, Rob, you and I have talked about it a lot. We don't quite understand it because you and I spend at least 20 hours a year talking on podcasts. Um, Add into that our webinars, add into that other webinars, add into that our Bookkeepers Summit. Um, there is so much CPE available. Plan it, then you stay informed, you stay ahead of the game, and we can enjoy doing what we're doing. You must have got me on a hobby horse, Rob. I've just talked for 10 minutes. You did, and uh, all very uh, insightful. That's the word I'm looking for. Very insightful stuff there. Really important article as we go into a new year that does loom with lots of challenges, as I called out. I want to just make the point, though, that this does really apply just as much to a bookkeeper in employment. Um, it, You guys are very much... Uh, a huge driver behind industry and the importance of you is not lost on us. So make sure that uh, you, you have a look at the, or have a re-listen if you need to, of the things that we've just called out in regards to refreshing, getting yourself into a position where, as Matthew said, bookkeeping should be an enjoyable thing to do. Um, it's very different to the 1990s, as he said, um, and there's lots of challenges that will come this year that will probably maybe want to drag you down. But there's lots of ways that we've called out in the December newsletter for you to be able to define things that you can do and how that you can do them. And that uh, prioritising, uh, no, that's not even the word. So prioritising, there we go, um, <laughs> professional development um, in some ways will inspire you to greater heights. I've got no doubts about that and certainly the journey that I've been on. So some really, really good call-outs there. Logical, stress-free approach, I think, is the, the key terms there that uh, Matthew referred to. And uh, we look forward to a new year where bookkeepers will be able to um, assess all the things that come their way and to be able to deal with them in a professional approach. Let's move on. Let's talk about, now, this might, uh, for our business owners who tune in, they might go, hang on a second, where, where are they going to go with this one? But we'll bear with us. Uh, we've got an article talking about charge rates for bookkeepers. Now, obviously, if you're a business owner listening in, you're going to go, well, hang on, I don't want my bookkeeper putting up their charge rates. But uh, that's not really where we're headed with this, Matthew. We're more looking at the perspective of the professionalism that bookkeepers do bring to business owners around Australia and the fact that business owners themselves should be considering their rates right now, as most do at this time of the year in whatever they sell or whatever service they provide. Bookkeeping is no different. There is a moment where you need to take a step back and have a look at what you are providing it and the level that you have taken it to and the compensation that should come in regards to the professionalism that you bring because of that. But again, I'll pass back to you, Matthew, and you can flesh that article out a little bit more. 
Look, we are in an era that all businesses need to think about the price they sell things at whether it's goods or whether it's services. So great call out, Rob. This article, while it talks about charge rates for bookkeepers, the principle applies to any business right now. For 2024, have a look at the costs of doing business. Your insurance premiums have gone up. Your energy costs have gone up. It's possible your rent has gone up, but also you've got some rent recovery going on. So all of your costs have to be factored into what should I be charging? How much money should I be uh, recuperating from my clients, my customers, in terms of having a valid business, but all, more than valid, also a rewarding business. So the article you referred to really is saying to our bookkeepers, have a look at your industry. For those of you employees, but even the, the those of you in business, I went back to the awards this morning. I went back to the clerical award. What's a level four bookkeeper paid? And a level four employee bookkeeper under the clerical award, that pay rate to me is far too low. It's $28.57 an hour um, under the miscellaneous award. Uh, but if we start from there and build our charge rate up for being in business ourselves, cost of insurance, cost of public liability insurance, cost of CPE, paying ourselves holidays, be it annual leave, sick leave, um, whatever else is on the tag, we need to get those charge rates up to what gives us a fair and good remuneration so we enjoy what we're doing and make some money at the same time. Our latest survey, Rob, had charge rates for bookkeeping averaging out at about 74 bucks an hour, for consulting rates about $94 an hour, for BAS prep about $92 an hour. Now, I'm going to be a bit adventurous here, Rob, and go for that contract bookkeeper. Those rates are pretty conservative. Mm. If you employ a junior accountant out of an accounting firm, um, they, they would be charging double that at least double that in terms of most accounting practices. Um, so guys, think about your charge rate. Do consider your clients, do consider your region. And that's where our article goes. It thinks about where you are, who you are, what industry you're in, what are your costs. It also suggests you think about the scope of services. You don't have to provide everything. Rob, we've got a number of members this year who have decided that, yeah, they'll process payroll, but they won't advise on payroll. We've got others that have said, you know what, there's a whole niche in advising high-end payroll. So they've actually gone into that consulting space to do high-end payroll. What works for you and what should you charge accordingly? Yeah, it's, again, um, one Sometimes an elephant in the room, the charge rate for bookkeepers. But uh, one of the things I appreciate, and I think many of our members who are listening in, is the ICB's never been afraid to tackle that elephant in the room. And uh, you, that has clearly come through in the article that we've put in the December newsletter. There's some clear direction and you've just uh, explained that really well. It is a time for reflection on a tough year of 2023. It's a time for setting goals, as we've just called out, but it's also a time to to be realistic around what you're doing, what you're providing, how you're providing it. And business owners tuning in, we would love to, to know that you uh, appreciate your bookkeeper by acknowledging that as well. Um, so number of, number of call-outs there that I loved uh, hearing, and uh, I'm sure many will 
benefit from, Matthew. Let's get into our next topic, another one that's been bubbling. It's been bubbling and bubbling and the government uh, certainly talk it up a lot and most of the financial review papers and that you look at these days uh, mention it at least once or twice and that is the, uh, the, the revising of laws around casuals or the proposed revising of laws around casuals. So again, we've tackled that in the newsletter. Um, we've gone, no, no, we need to, to call out exactly what is the status for a, an employing a casual worker. Um, do you want to give us the highlights of that particular article and, and where we're sort of positioning that? Yeah, thanks, Rob. The big call out that I want to make in terms of all businesses, when you're employing a casual or if you're advising a business that's going to employ a casual or a permanent, we have what is now the Fair Work Ombudsman have issued a casual employment information statement. Now, what that helps do is make it absolutely clear that this person is employed as a casual. Here are the terms of a casual, here's the terms of employment. Now, on every payslip, I think you need to make it really obvious that it's a casual pay rate. What the law has done is finally clarified that there's no double dipping here, that somebody that is employed as a casual gets that 25% loading, they can't come back later and ask for annual leave as well. But I've got to say, get it in writing, get it in writing up front, give them the casual employment information statement, make it obvious on pay slips and, you know, just getting it in writing is such a key thing to, to happen. Our article goes quite into the law, goes into the definitions, goes into the obligations, goes into your super obligations. Rob, we're talking to, what is it, seven states and a couple of territories around the country. I should know how many that is. Oh, I haven't been at school for a while. Um, and we have different laws in different states about entitlements for casuals. So Victoria has some enhanced sick leave provisions now for casual workers. So you do need to know um, what state law might apply to give extra entitlements to casuals. Have a look at the article. It's great, it's comprehensive, and it opens up some of those other questions. Is WA a state or I'm sure you've uh, referenced it as a seceded country at various times in the past, uh, having a crack at me just quietly. But, um, yeah, look, it, there is some complexities from a state perspective even within casuals, especially around the long service leave calculations, uh, the long service leave requirements. So, again, we encourage you to go and have a look at that particular article um, because especially if you're a business owner tuning in, as we always try and do, very we try very hard to put it into language that is understandable rather than going reading a lot of law or a lot of stuff around an award perhaps, even though we encourage you to do that as well, to make sure that you've got some sort of common sense approach to the casual conversation. When it comes to casuals, Obviously, employers have a lot of requirements that they need to be aware of. There's a lot of myth around casuals over my journey. Uh, nah, there's no, you know, this or no that for casuals. But there's a lot of things you do need to be aware of that perhaps you have come into an understanding of, but incorrectly. And we'd encourage you to go and read that article. I want to call out, though, uh, uh, as well, Matthew, in that article... It does spell out a few employees' requirements. It's not just all about employers. Uh, one that I've run across many, many, many a time over the journey that I just wanted to reference is in relation to 
uh, the declaration that an employee makes around their um, tax-free threshold. The amount of times, I think there's a few amens probably about to pop up on this podcast, the amount of times an employee will tick yes to a tax-free threshold when they really mean no or vice versa. I know a lot of employers have fretted as to whether that will come back to bite them. The answer very very clearly is no. That's the employee's requirement. They sign off on that tax file declaration form and therefore it's their responsibility. However, for an employer, I would suggest wisdom sometimes might prevail and you would go back to that employee and say, are you you know, perhaps sure that you've ticked the right box here? So it's not all about employer requirements when it comes to casuals, uh, Matthew. There are some employee requirements there that we should call out as well. Let's keep moving along because time does get away and we don't want to be talking for a whole year. We have only got a session. We've got another 12 of these ahead of us probably or 11. Um, Let's go into talking about, um, this is specifically for those who are agents, um, in particular our BAS agent community. There has been a bit of um, an issue with the online services for agents around clients not showing up on the agents list. Now, we've got in our news art, uh, newsletter, we have got some clear screenshots as to how that can evolve. Many of our agents um, will generally go into the online services for agents and immediately just go gravitate to the view client list button. And it's there that some are reporting that clients that they've had for possibly a long, long time suddenly aren't there. We're calling out that don't panic because it may well be that they are there. You just need a slightly different approach, which uh, we've got screenshots and links to as to how you do that um, to ensure that um, if the client is there, you're not ringing the tax office and wasting a lot of time when in actual fact it's just a minor glitch. Not sure, Matthew, you might have some inside information. Is that something that has been flagged with the ATO and their addressing or where are we at with that one? Uh, It absolutely has been flagged with the ATO as an issue. Um, Funnily enough, Rob, it's been heightened by the client-agent linking process that we're all uh, suffering from, and I'm going to use those negative terms because I'm still not happy with where we've landed. But um, client-agent linking is a thing you take on a new client, you need to walk them through the steps that we've outlined uh, late last year, get their ABR information up to date, connect them through RAM and then through online services for business, it's relatively easy. The hard bit is the ABR being up to date. The particular one you're talking about, Rob, is agents are going into their agent list not seeing them as you've articulated. And the issue is at the back end of the ATO's computer, it's simply dropped off. So search by name or search by ABN and you can still get access. Um, Hopefully there will be a technical fix to make sure that list uh, displays everybody that you are eligible to access. So I think, again, if you're listening in and you've experienced that issue or after listening to this, you experienced that issue, Uh, first cab off the rank, go back to the newsletter and follow the steps in there before you potentially waste a lot of time jumping on the phone or ringing your client and going through a process you don't need to go through. That's what we're really calling out by putting quite a comprehensive um, little resource together there for our agent community in particular. Another challenge that's looming in 2024, we called that right out at the start, um, and is starting to 
in inverted commas, bubble is around uh, a new regime. Well, in actual fact, my mail is it's not a new regime. It's a regime that's been around for a long time, but it's a new approach to a regime, and that is the the need for not-for-profits and sporting associations and clubs to do an annual reporting for income tax exemption online. Um, There has been other approaches that um, clubs and associations and NFPs could take in the past, but as of this year, it is an online um, process. Matthew, over to you to just give a little bit of background behind that one and uh, some of the challenges we're dealing with there. Yeah, Rob, look, I think it's a heads-up awareness for everybody that deals with a sporting club or a not-for-profit, any of those NFPs that have previously ignored the income tax system totally because you're not a for-profit. Going forward, we're going to have to tell the ATO we're not-for-profit and we're not a taxable entity. Uh, it only applies to those with an ABN. Uh, and again, what the, the biggest problem comes back to is your ABR information up to date. Uh, so moving forward, watch, uh, watch us for some news, watch the ATO for some news. I see a storm coming um, and it's not just because of the, the weather changes, but I do see a storm coming um, one step at a time of just, if you can, start the process to make sure the ABR is up to date. That is your first step to do. And Rob, uh, ICB will be issuing in a, somewhere in the next 30 days, can I put a deadline on that? Somewhere in the next 30 days, we'll, uh, we will issue a step-by-step guide of the current system to update the ABR. It's a horrendous system. It's horribly manual, and we're hoping the ATO will update that. Maybe even before. Hopefully, our resource is out of date before it issues. If they could actually digitise the process, it would make it so much better. So one step at a time, Rob. I think. I think the thing we need to call out is that you mentioned that it's only for NFPs, clubs, and associations that have an ABN. That's a surprisingly large number. It is a surprisingly large number. I know many who listen in know of my background as a treasurer in cricket. I did a scan, Matthew, of of local cricket clubs in regional Western Australia just prior to Christmas. Probably eight to nine out of ten had an ABN. And this might be a cricket club that's only got, you know, 20 or 30 members. They come under this regime. So... This is something that we can't ignore. It's happening. Um, And I guess we want to guarantee we're not ignoring it. We're tackling it head on and uh, we'll continue to provide information through resource, through newsletter and through this podcast as to how that one's unfolding. The, The critical dates on this one at this point, Matthew, remind me again, 30 June, I think, is... No, no, uh, no, actually... Here's, here's the best advice for members in particular. Uh, we actually ran a very comprehensive webinar, tech webinar, that they can find, that you can find in our tech webinar library, a ICB Friday, where we tackled that. And I think 31st of October keeps ringing in my head, Matthew, as being a deadline for this annual reporting um, for this year. So but uh, go and check out the recording and correct me if I'm wrong. Let's talk cyber. Um, we tend to talk cyber a lot and we have to. In the last episode of the ICB News Channel, um, we did reference the importance of cyber security over Christmas. 
um, that we, I think one of the things you called out was physically turn your computer off, don't leave it on, physically turn it off. But going into a new year when many are still in holiday mode, et cetera, not much changes, we, we need to be vigilant. And uh, we have an article that calls out the importance of cybersecurity. Matthew, from the ICB's perspective, why do we see this as critical to keep talking to our business owners and members about, especially as, as bookkeepers? What we're finding, Rob, is um, smallest of businesses, um, medium businesses, and certainly the large that get some public profile, they are getting hit. They are losing money. They are getting um, either their identity stolen. Right at the moment, ICB Australia would be receiving four scam approaches per day based on your Facebook page is about to be shut down. Just click here. What's that all about? That's about giving a crook access that will then corrupt our exposure point, corrupt the message we get out there and start selling stuff to a illegitimate operation, not the ICB. So it's just one of those things, Rob. We do need to lock our doors. We do need to be super vigilant. I'm going to push the Cyber Wardens program, which is a, a level one program to give you a real heads up on how to spot a scam um, and what you should do to, to protect your business. It's just money is going out the door. Circling back to sporting clubs and associations, many do have those sort of presences, those Facebook sites, et cetera. Over Christmas, um, we've got time involved in a big national event when it comes to cricket. Overnight, up popped a Facebook site that looked absolutely like it was representing the championships that we were about to go into. This is a national championships. It looked like it had right, all the right logos, it had all the right, it had stories from states who were providing teams, everything. People were joining that Facebook site en masse, clicking links all over the place, and just thankfully, it just because of the Cyber Warden's approach that you just mentioned, something didn't ring true for me. So I rang the administrators of, that, of this particular carnival. They had no idea about this Facebook site. It was completely bogus. So it happens so easily. And the, what I couldn't get over was the incredible, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look at, look for, it, the, the detail that they went to to make it look and feel like it was a real Facebook um, community. So vigilance and the Cyber Wardens program, um, if you're wondering how do we get um, a piece of that action, uh, again, the December newsletter has some links, icb.org.au um, can give you the links to where you go to for that. We're winding down, but we've got a couple of things that we want to mention that uh, are important leading into 2024. 23, 22, 21, the previous years brought about a real shift to the, the remote workplace. And, and yet, probably at the back end, again, the media I read, is that a lot of business are starting to turn that into a, a bit of a debate as to, you know, we want you back in the office type scenario. So we've got an article which we've termed maximising productivity in remote work. But there clearly is a debate when it comes to the work from home debate. Matthew, you you gravitate in that zone a lot. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about where you think or where ICB thinks that is headed? 
Rob, I keep coming back to, I've worked with government associations or government entities now for, for you know, 30 years. And I look at something like the tax office. Their workforce is in every nook and cranny of Australia. So you will have a deputy commissioner who's now based in Adelaide overseeing the intermediaries group, which we're a part of, and his staff are literally everywhere. And that associate, that entity works works very well with interacting with their staff using things which we would now recognise as Microsoft Teams or Facebook, um, other messaging apps constantly and keeps the communication up. There are ways to do this. This article talks about if you've got remote workers, how to stay connected, how to get the most productivity out of them. Now, equally, Rob, you've alluded to, I deal with some execs in some rather large entities that are really struggling because they can't get their staff back into the office. Now, I challenge them, why are they trying so hard to get their staff back into the office? Um, Is it that big a deal? Is there another way you have to think about culture that we are now in that means the open plan office, the desks side by side, the cooler room discussions, they're just not going to happen that way. We've got to find another way to make them happen. So I, I do go both ways. When you have a Christmas lunch and you see staff you haven't seen since last Christmas lunch, so it's <coughs> it's been 12 months, um, you know, you have some of those... Um, <coughs> Sorry, Rob. You have some of those informal discussions that you don't otherwise have. How do we be productive? How do we keep the personal connections? I think we're going to have eras and eras of social re reformation, Rob. But I, I like where this article goes as ways to think about the fact you've got remote teams, you've got remote staff, whether they're down the street, they're in the office next door, or they're in another country, you've got the same sort of issues. How do we make them productive? How do we be in a productive and cooperative work environment? Yeah, it's it's a really mind-provoking um, article. So again, I'd encourage everybody to get inside that one and have a think about it. And some of you may not be affected uh, necessarily right at the moment, but there's certainly a, a, in some sectors a, a lot of a lot of uh, like you said re- reinventing, a lot of rethinking around this approach, and uh, bookkeepers will be affected by that somewhere somehow. Um, so well worth a look, definitely. Let's uh, let's finish off with where we finished off. In actual fact, the last episode of the ICB News Channel in December. And that was where our uh, ICB uh, CEO, uh, Amanda Linton, uh, brought to us some news around some changes to the normal approach to to a year when it comes to ICB conference, as we once called it, uh, now referred to as summit, and in fact now introducing a new term, roadshows. So uh, if you didn't listen to that particular announcement, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen to, at minimum, the back end of the uh, December edition of the ICB News Channel. There is reference to it in our newsletter for December. There's also some social media around it as well. Um, Matthew, from from uh, from the board's perspective in particular, and I'll call out you are the vice chair of the ICB board. Um, 
lot of lot of positivity around where we're headed with this. A lot of excitement about the opportunity it brings. I'll quickly summarise: um, in October of this year, in uh, in most states and territories, the ICB will will come around and make their, our presence known to you with uh, with with much of the content that we've always provided in previous years in March traditionally, um, but. The main probably innovation for this year is in November there will be a two-day summit which will be based in Brisbane, which is designed to bring similar content as we have previously but really grow on that, especially with our partners and those associated outside of ICB that have a connection to bookkeeping. So an ability to workshop, an ability to be able to do things over two days that traditionally we may not have time for in one day and then backed up by the introduction of an exciting innovation for Australia known as the Luca Awards, something that uh, has been celebrated overseas previously but gives us an opportunity to to really acknowledge those who are uh, doing amazing things in the bookkeeping space here in Australia and especially um, amongst our membership in particular. Matthew, from your point of view, uh, where do you see we us going with this this year? Um, really pleased with this new initiative or this change of initiative from an ICB point of view, where we've it's it's really been a case of reviewing what's going on in our space. What's going on in our space in terms of large conferences? What's going on in terms of um, some of our supporting partners' engagement with our conferences, what's the best way to deliver maximum value to our members in ways that we can still reap the benefits of what has been 15 years of developing the ICB Bookkeepers Summit in Australia? How do we build on that? So we're still coming around the country. We're still bringing you a day's worth of content around the country. But we're also opening up this, let's have a real bookkeepers celebration, a key national event where we will have different participants involved in it. Yes, it'll be ICB, but yes, others are showing a lot of interest in being very involved in a larger event celebrating the bookkeeping community. So it's heading in a really good direction from my point of view. So we started today talking about the year ahead, 2024, the, the, the things that loom, the challenges that are coming. And it's a great way for us to finish off just reflecting on the roadmap ahead for this year in relation to our interaction with you. Uh, in many cases, those who are tuning in, our members in particular. Um, if, if, again, I'll say it time and time again, if you're listening to this podcast and going, wow, these, these guys are doing some amazing things and I want a piece of that action and I don't, I'm not getting a piece of that action fully at the moment, www.icb.org.au. Go and check out. There's some membership options that you may be able to apply for and become part of that action. And in 2024, I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be fulfilling. And I think that uh, particularly at the back end when we get on the roadshows and our November summit, uh, a huge amount of acknowledgement for uh, some amazing people around Australia and they're simply called bookkeepers. They do things in um, our world, Matthew, on a day-to-day or in our country on a day-to-day basis that for a long time was never properly acknowledged and this is a moment where we can start to do that at an even greater height than we have previously. So 
really, really looking forward to 2024. I'll give you the last word, as I always do. Thanks, Rob. Look, as I opened, as you opened the, this podcast, for me, 2024 really should be a year of um, reforming our opportunities. Let's, ha- let's have a look at how do I want to be in business? How do I want to deliver my services as an employee? How do I want to be better and enjoy what I'm doing? Let's make some decisions to stay on the, the cutting edge, stay on the enjoyment edge and uh, really take on 2024 quite positively. Don't get overworked. Don't do too much. We just get tired too quickly. Let's take on 2024 with a new buzz of excitement. Happy New Year, Matthew. Happy New Year to all our listeners again. 2024, let it be one of the best that we have uh, seen in a long, long time after a challenging three, four, five years of the past um, in, engage with um, each other in the way that you do uh, regularly. We've got our Facebook site, discussion groups. We've got our different um, media uh, communication pieces that you can continue to stay engaged with us with. Um, and we so look forward to you joining us throughout this year on the ICB News Channel. And uh, we wish you all the best for the, the start of this new year. 